Wreaking havoc. Wreaking havoc. News, interviews, and more. We just reek of Huntsville Havoc Hockey. Well, the Wreaking Havoc podcast is back with what is sure to be a popular episode. Laura Pitts brings us an in-the-slot interview with a familiar face sporting a new title, assistant coach Tyler Piacentini. We'll also update you on the latest Havoc news, so stick around. It's all coming up on the Reek and Havoc podcast. The Reek and Havoc podcast. Got something to say? Put it on a t-shirt or hoodie or apron or even an iPhone case. Just go to daddyoscustomtees.com and make it happen. Look through their selection of ready-made designs or make one of your own. Check out their special hockey designs, too. With Daddy-O's Custom Tees, you can truly have it your way. Look for Daddy-O's Custom Tees on Facebook, follow them on Twitter or Instagram, or go online to daddyoscustomtees.com. That's D-A-D-D-Y-O-S, custom, T-E-E-S, dot com. Daddy-O's Custom Tees, they've got your back or front. Let's go in the slot. Welcome back, everyone, to another In the Slot segment this week. I'm Laura Pitts, and we have newly minted Havoc assistant coach Tyler Piacentini with us today. I would say Tyler needs no introduction, but I still think it's important to give credit where it's due. And much of the Havoc success for the past six years has not only been from your leadership as a player, but later as a captain and just everything that you brought to the team. Um, Tyler played in 281 regular season games, scoring 110 goals, tallying 124 assists. He also played in 27 playoff games, scoring five goals and recording 12 assists during the playoffs. And part of that was being part of two back-to-back SPHL championships. Tyler, welcome to our show. We're glad to have you. Thanks, Laura. It's, It's great to be on here. Well, this was a big deal for my household this week to get to talk to you. My son, Gabe, loves you. You are his absolute favorite player. There were tears that were shed when your retirement was announced, but we had to coax him down and remind him that just because he would not see you in an actual jersey on the ice, you would still be there in some capacity. So we're real excited to to, to talk to you this week. Yeah, yeah, I'm very excited. I've I've listened to to a few of the episodes so far, so you guys are doing a great job. Um, but yeah, you can tell your son. I'll even though I won't be on the ice, I'll I'll still be around. So. Well, you're definitely one of his favorites. He's always, it was really funny story when um, we really started getting him into hockey. He was four and a half and we took him to a game. And, you know, the first couple of games, he didn't quite understand what was going on, but then something clicked by the third game and he started getting into it. And I was so, it was so, be so cute. He would sit up in the stands and he would just, there goes Tyler, there goes Tyler, there he goes, there he goes. And so it was always a fun for us, for my husband and I to listen to him get into the hockey world, but then also get to follow his favorite players. So, um, yeah, that was that was a fun moment as a parent for me. Um, but, yeah, let's get into this. I think I speak for all of us Havoc fans that we are not only thankful for your time on that team, but the leadership that you've brought to um, the organization as well. And we are all really heavy with anticipation for what's going to happen because it kind of feels like a whole new era of Havoc hockey is coming. Would would you agree with that? Yeah, I think a little bit. Um, I think first off, like I'm very thankful for for everything that's come with playing down here. Um obviously with the organization and everyone around, but the fans too, you know, it's it's it was so much fun to play and 
we're very lucky down here in Huntsville and, and the players and the whole organization with the support that we get from the community. It's, it's incredible. Um, but I think as far as, yeah, like, you know, there's obviously going to be some new faces next year playing and, and coaching too. Um, but I think that's part of minor pro hockey. You know, it's the, the last couple of years we've had guys that have been coming back each year, which, which has been awesome, but it's, it's, it's kind of odd for, for this level. So it's, it's very exciting. I know um, Stu and I were very excited for, for this upcoming season and, and it'll be here before we know it. You just mentioned that it was kind of odd for people to come back. Is that every year, like the same players coming back consistently? Is this um, not something that usually happens at this level? Well, I think it just, you know, like guys will play and, and you kind of go into it. You're not really sure how long you're going to play for. Um so we've been down here in Huntsville, like, you know, the, the guys that, that have retired this, this past off season, like you've seen, like they've been here for five, six, seven years. So I think that's great. And it kind of reflects on Huntsville, you know, the organization, the fans, the city. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't think you see it as much, but it's definitely, it's, it's something that makes this place so special down here. And it's the reason why a lot of guys, like myself and and some of the older guys want to keep coming back every year. And I know a few players that I've talked to so far, I've asked them about what life is like in an off season setting, but I guess this year you've not really gotten to have sort of an off season. You may not be on, on the ice working out and skating and stuff, but you're doing it in a different manner now. So how has that transition kind of been? Yeah, it's been good. It's, it's obviously been different compared to playing. Um, you know, usually I get to go back home for the summer, back home in Massachusetts. But this summer, I've I've been down here in Huntsville, and it's been great. Though it's it's the transition. It's it's been awesome, and getting to work alongside Stu every day has been awesome. Just kind of learning from him and seeing seeing the other side of things. You know, when yeah. you're playing, you kind of just show up and and you you go on the ice and you practice and you play in a game. But to see the other side of things with the coaching and the things that the coaches do to get ready for the season. It's It's been awesome. And you guys just finished up the free agent showcase over the past weekend. Can you speak a little bit about how that went? Yeah. Yeah. It went well. It was, uh, it was the first showcase that I've been able to attend. Um, so it was new to me, but, but yeah, it, I, I thought it went really well. There was a lot of players there and it was, it was definitely tough to to pick one player out of it because it was, there were so many good players, but you know we, we ended up deciding on the player that we took. So it's uh, it's pretty exciting. It's exciting to see those guys come and and kind of put on a good show for them. And obviously, you know the support that they got from the fans too. Uh, yeah, it, it was incredible. Explain to those of us who may not understand what a free agent showcase is. Um, tell us a little bit about what that whole process is. You said you guys picked one person. How many people do you have come down? All that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it's, it's basically the free agent camp. It's, it's guys that are just trying to compete for a roster spot in our main training camp. So, you know, like this year we had about 30, give or take players that came down here. Um, so it's just kind of, you know, they go out there, they showcase their abilities, they showcase their skills and, you know, the, the coaches, you know, Stu and I will we'll evaluate them. And just kind of pick a guy that we think that has the chance 
to, to make our team and, and come to our training camp and make it out of there. So it's, it's definitely, it's, it's very exciting. I know a lot of those guys were very pumped up for it. And for us as coaches, it was, it was just great to get back into the rank, you know, you end the rank and at the end of the July. So it just means that the season's getting a little closer. And then you guys go to the main camp in October. Is that right? Yes. So what is main camp for those also of us who may not understand what that process is? Yeah. So the main camp, the main training camp, it's it's in October. Um, it's it's basically the players that are competing for a spot on the team. Uh, we can only bring an X amount of guys. So there'll be some moves that have to be made. But at the end of the day, it's it's the players that we think are going to give us the best chance to to win and, and to make the open night roster. And as a coach, now you're not a player. You've kind of moved that mindset to now coaching. What are you looking for at that camp in those players? Um, is it just attitude? Is it just what they're doing on the ice? Is it like a whole well-rounded situation? I think it's a whole well-rounded situation. Um, you know, like we're not necessarily looking for the most skilled player or, you know, maybe the best player, but we're looking for someone that's going to compete, someone that's going to work hard, Someone that, you know, has good body language out there, who's a good teammate, um, who seems like a good person on and off the ice um, and just, you know, having good character. So that, those are the things that we were kind of looking for this past weekend. Um, it, was, it wasn't necessarily the best player, but I think at the end of the day, it's, it's someone who we think is going to come into our training camp and, and push guys there and also have an opportunity to, to get a spot on the roster, come uh, open a night. Yeah. And, and then the, also, how do you look at the players having that potential? Like you've, they're not a part of the team. There's a chance that this, this choice that you guys are going to make is going to work out or it's not going to work out. Right. So what are you looking for or how do you just kind of settle in yourself to say, okay, yeah, I see the potential there. Yep. I think that could work. How do you make those decisions now? Yeah. Um, you know, there's definitely a couple things that we were looking for, you know, like how, how well does the guy skate or, you know, how's his play from away from the puck? Um, you know, is he competing? Is he, is he back checking? If he loses the puck, is he going to give up or is he going to go get the puck? So there's a lot of little things like that, that, that goes into it. Um, and then also we're just looking for, okay, well, what type of player are we exactly looking for to, to come into camp and, and to have a chance at making the team? Well, there's a lot to your story. Um, just you as a person, you as a player that I know a lot of Havoc fans would just love to know about, including some of our new fans out here. So let's transition a little bit and let you talk a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? Where did you grow up? What was growing up playing hockey like? All of those little tidbits of stuff. Yeah, uh, I'm from just south of Boston and Massachusetts, uh, Weymouth, Massachusetts. Um, it's a town or it's a city that is about 60,000 people that live there. It's a, it's actually a pretty big hockey, hockey area there. Um, so I grew up there. Um, I played Weymouth public hockey. My whole life, I I went to middle school, public schools. I ended up going to Weymouth High School, public school. Um, so it was great. A lot of a lot of my friends still to this day are childhood friends that either I played hockey with in Weymouth or I grew up with and went to school with. Um, it's definitely a place where 
hockey is very popular. There's there's a lot of kids playing hockey there, and it's just continuing to grow. So it was great. It was great growing up there. Um, I have an older brother and a younger sister, so we were always in the driveway and stuff growing up in my parents' house back home and whatever, playing street hockey or in the backyard playing football or, or baseball or something. So I think I think with that growing up and having siblings, um, it was something that that helped all of us, but it definitely helped me to I we always wanted to win, you know. I always wanted to beat my older brother and my younger sister in sports. So I think that's kind of where I kind of got my my compete level at. Um, and, and just trying to win. So it, it's definitely, it's, it's a very special place to me still to this day, uh, growing up there and, and just all the people and the friends there. It's, it's a pretty blue collar town there. Um, yeah. you know, yeah. pe- people go to work and they put their work boots on and they go home. So it's, it's definitely a place that I'm very proud to be from. Well, and you mentioned playing against your siblings. So did everybody in the family play on hockey teams? Was this like a family affair Saturdays and all times was spent in the car traveling to hockey games for everyone? Or was were you just the only one that really didn't did it? My yeah, so my my older brother he played and then my sister played as well. So yeah, um my parents definitely on the weekends they they traveled a lot and and they spent a, they spent a lot of money obviously traveling and hotels and 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 paying for the sport so that's something that obviously you know I'm, I'm very grateful for that for them to to see how much money that they've spent to make us you know to to let us do what we wanted to do um, yeah. it's something yeah. that you know all the time i just want to thank them for that because it's the memories that we've made playing any sport uh, you know, it, it lasts forever. So it, it was something where we all played sports um, growing up, you know, ba- whether it was baseball or soccer, lacrosse or hockey. So it was something that it was definitely, it was pretty cool uh, to have siblings to be able to do that, you know, whether it was in the backyard, in the driveway, just to be able to to, to play around with them and, and just work on things. You know, Dom made the comment to me during our interview when I asked him about the position that he played in the sport. And he said that he had originally wanted to be a goalie. And and then that kind of didn't happen. And so I'm curious, the position that you play and what you do in the game, is that what you always wanted to do? Or were you kind of like, hey, I kind of want to maybe I want to be a goalie. Maybe I want to do this. Were those those things ever in your mind as a kid when you were getting started, like where you were going to be in the hockey game or was it just wherever you ended up, you were just happy and you were out there? I think it was just kind of wherever I ended up. Um, I've always, with hockey, I've always said like, it's, there's really no better feeling than just hopping on the ice and, and there's boards and glass around you. And the only thing that you have to worry about is hockey. You know, you can put aside things that are off the ice and, and just have fun out there. Um, I know like growing up, when we were younger, like, like guys would have to play goalie, you know, if it was your turn, you had to play net. But I, I think I always wanted to play forward. Um, I always enjoyed like sco- trying to score goals and, yeah. um, and, and just kind of trying to be that guy that's gonna, gonna put the puck in the net. And I have a fan question later that I'll get to that has to do with um just playing in the game and, and size and stuff. But, Growing up, okay, let's get to it. We're short. I'm short. We're short. 
it's a thing. I understand the, the situation growing up being, being short, but when you were growing up and playing with other kids, did that like ever cross your mind that maybe you weren't the same, like height wise as other hockey kids, any of that stuff? Or were you just like, I don't matter to me. I'm going out there. I'm going to take charge and go for it. I think, I think at a time, um, I never really thought about it, but kind of growing up and, I'd say like right before high school, there was a time where I kind of thought like, you know, it, it would be nice to to be that tall, you know, like looking at a guy and he was a lot taller than me, but I think it it always gave me motivation. Um, just, you know what, like I might be small and whatever, people can laugh at you, but I think at the end of the day, like it gives you a little motivation and fire inside of you to, to kind of just prove people wrong. Um, yeah. that, was, that was something that I always thought and, I, I learned at a young age from both my parents, uh, you know, just be the hardest worker out there. Um, and I, I've seen it with my parents as well, just how hard that they work at their jobs. Um, so it's something that I've always tried to translate no matter what sport I was playing, just, you know, you, you might be small or you, you might not be the most talented or skilled, but as long as you put the work in and, and you try to be the hardest worker out there, like it's something that at the end of the day, like you can be happy about. And, and with that in mind, what, when was that moment that you thought that you wanted to make a career out of this? Yeah. Um, so after, if we go back a little, after Weymouth high school, I played two years of junior hockey back home um, about 45 minutes from my parents' house. Um, I played that two years and it was a great experience. And then I ended up going to a college, a division, a division three school in Vermont, Norwich University. And I played four years there, which was great. Um, my senior year there, we ended up, we ended up winning the national championship, which was pretty cool. And I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do after. I always knew I wanted to try to stay in hockey. I didn't know if it would be playing or coaching or working in a front office. I, I didn't really know what it would be. Um, and then I was just kind of looking around after my senior year in college, I was looking around and I knew someone who had played down here in Huntsville. So I just kind of reached out to to him and he got me in touch with, with Glenn at the time. And yeah, I mean, like it, it was obviously the best decision that I've, I've ever made just kind of coming down here and, and and trying it out. I didn't know coming down how long I would play. Um, at first, I was just hoping I'd make the team out of training camp. You know, being a smaller guy, I knew I knew I had to prove myself. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it was just kind of each year, year to year. But I think after my senior year in college, I kind of realized I wanted to try to make a run at it and, 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 and try to play, I guess, to the highest level that, that I thought I could. So what were um what were some of your first impressions when you got here into Alabama being from up north? I was I was pretty surprised. Um kind of driving down here, I didn't really know what to expect, to be honest. I don't think anyone that's really from the north or the northeast uh would think that they would end up playing hockey in Alabama. You, you know what I mean? So I I was yeah. pretty impressed by Huntsville itself. Um just the city and, and, you know, there's so many things to do, but, but also like the support that the, the havoc get, it's, it really is truly incredible. Um, it's something that 
you know, the six years that I played down here, I would always tell family and friends, like they would ask how it is. And I'd say, you just got to come down here, come down for one game, come down for one weekend and you'll see what I'm talking about. And sure enough, people will come down and then they want to come down the next week, you know? So it's, it's definitely something special that's down here. Um, But if you were to tell me when I was 10 years old, I'd be playing hockey in Huntsville, Alabama. Like I, I probably would have thought you're crazy, you know, but it's definitely something that I love it down here. I, I loved playing down here and, and I love living down here and I, I love everything about Huntsville. Well, I want to back up a little bit um, and get you to chat a little bit with us about Matt Brown and the Matt Brown Foundation and that connection that you have with him. I first heard this story. You had um, talked about it on another podcast with some other um, people for another uh, SPHL team in the state of Alabama that we won't talk about, but <laughs> uh, yeah. but I heard I heard the story about um, your connection with him, and I wanted to see if you would mind sharing that story with us because I feel like that whole situation not only impacted two people's lives, yours and his, but also it's probably something that has um, will forever impact you in a lot of more positive ways than you, than you realize. And and I think it's a very good inspirational story as well. So I was going to see if you would care to, to share that story with us. Yeah. Um, so, and to January 23rd, 2010, um, I was a junior in high, high school. Um, and I was playing in, I was playing at Weymouth high school and in a game and we were playing Norwood high school and it was just a normal play. I, my line mate dumped the puck in and I was skating after the puck. And so was Matt who I did not know at the time. Um, and we kind of just both collided. It, it was just kind of a hockey play that happens a lot in a game. And unfortunately when we collided, we both fell and he ended up falling into the boards head first. Um, so then he was down on the ice for a while. Um, and it, it was tough. It, it was really hard. And, you know, like we, we were obviously very young at the time. Um, but I just remember like he was sitting, he was laying down for a while. So we all knew it was something very serious. Um, but we actually ended up finishing the game that night. And then it was like the next week, you know, I, I was trying to, to get as much information as I could. Um, I just remember I was Facebook messaging like, the captain of, of the Norwood team and trying to message like his family and stuff. And, but they just didn't have any answers at the time. Um, but it, it was tough to, to stay patient during that time. Cause I wanted to make sure that he was all right. Um, so then some time went by and he ended up, you know, he, he ended up being paralyzed. Um, so it was obviously tough. It was tough for me at the time. And, and obviously being so young, you just don't really know. You you, you don't know if it's going to affect, you don't know how it's going to affect your life. You know, it's, it's hockey's one thing, but it's your life and it's people's health. That's more important. And it's something that, that I've definitely seen, you know, it's, it, it, it was one of, if not the worst things that's happened to, to me in my life so far. But I think at the end of the day, like I've met some incredible people through it including Matt and his family. And it's, it's something that, you know, I'm, I'm just very thankful that his family is as great as they are. And, and we've become very good friends now. So 
he's always supporting me. Um, when I was in college, he'd, he'd come to some games and then he's even come down here in Huntsville. So recently he started a Matt Brown foundation, um, which basically they go around and they raise money for his foundation um, to, to provide people with the needs you know, if if there's spinal cord injuries or something or something like that, they it's very expensive. You know, the treatment, the rehab, the the wheelchairs, the house renovation. So I'm very proud of him. You know, I know he put a lot of work into it, and and he's done a great job. And I know down here in Huntsville, I'm very very thankful for you know Keith and Becky and and the Havoc organization for for also you know donating some money to him through Jersey auctions. It's yeah. it's something that. It's something that is very, it means a lot to me. It, uh, I know it means a lot to my family and it means a lot to Matt and his family. So it's something that I'm, I'm very, very thankful for. You know, I'm interested in the fact that, you know, Matt was 15 when this happened and then you're a junior. So you're like 16, 17, something like that. Um, and you had this desire to make sure that he was okay. You know, I think about that in high school sports in general. You know, how often do the other players reach out and want to know those things? Um, what was that drive for you to really want to know? Because you, you know, you could, you didn't know him at the time. You could have just gone on and not worried about it and never have known what happened, but something made you really want to make sure he was okay. What, what was that? I think just kind of, you know, I, I was young at the time, but like you never, Playing, you see people get hurt and go down, but you never see something, or at least to that point in my life, I had never seen something to that extent. Um, and just kind of, there's so many questions, and and obviously I was the one. It was it was you know him and I that collided, so there was a lot of questions for me. Like you know, it's it it easily I had questions like why why was it him why 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 wasn't it me you know and. And questions like that, where you start kind of asking yourself questions, and you, you just want to get answers. You want to make sure that he's all right, um, because you know, obviously, it was a freak accident, and and I didn't mean to do it, you know. So it, it was something that I just wanted to make sure that he was okay, you know. Yeah. I think just I think just kind of playing and battling out there, it's it's something to you never want to see anyone get hurt. Yeah, yeah. What is what what is that situation, that event that happened? What is it still teaching you now? It's taught me more than I can even say, to be honest, just kind of I think the biggest thing was like, especially playing hockey, like you you just can't take anything for granted. I know it's very easy to say, but especially, you know, playing a sport or something like that, where like every time you step on the ice, like it's it truly is like a gift, you know, and it's something that looking back on that day, like, you know, I, I've met so many amazing people um, starting with Matt and his family, but also his friends and, and his extended family. And it's something that, you know, those friendships that, that I've gained and my family has gained, it's something that will last forever. So I think that's something that I was obviously very young, but, you know, now, now looking back on it and, you know, he's, he, he wrote a book called line change um, it's a, it's a very powerful book. Um, and he, he just to see the adversity that, that he had to go through reading that book. It, it is a very powerful motivational book that I would, I would recommend anyone to read. 
Well, I really um, enjoyed listening to you talk about that because I think that there's a lot of things that happen in our lives that really shape us. There's key moments in our lives that shape us into the human beings and the people that we become. And um, for you, that was kind of one of those moments that has has really shaped who you who you are. And so I appreciate you sharing that story with all of the listeners out there. Um, I'm going to switch on back over and let's talk a little bit more about your Havoc career. Um, so six years, there's a lot of growth that happened in those six years. And so, you know, I've heard players and I think even um, a couple of people who work just in the organization itself just talk about how the team was at one point and they can remember winning, you know, like 11 games and just being a struggle. And then really there was this moment of um, camaraderie and closeness in the team atmosphere that really kind of everybody came together. And then you guys started really playing very well. So I wanted to kind of get you to chat a little bit about that, that six year experience from where you started into where the team kind of ended, so to speak. Yeah, I was definitely coming in. Um, I was definitely lucky to come into the the group that we had that year. Obviously, we we had won my first year and we we won my second year. Um, so I was, I was very lucky, and and it goes to the guys that you know the older guys at the time that were on the team, um, just just leading the way, and then I think just playing and and you know gaining a couple of years playing. You, then it's your turn, you know, to, to take, take the lead and, and kind of take charge. So that's something that it's the first two championships were, were unbelievable. Um, and then, you know, the year with COVID there, um, when the season got shut down, I thought we had a really good team that year too. Um, so it's, it's definitely, it's definitely each year has been different. Um, and, obviously losing guys and then having guys stick around it's it, it it has been different but i think over the 6 years you remember certain times and and certain games um each year you know every year is special um but you know the first 2 years it's to come in and, and to win those championships it's it was something that that was uh just unbelievable was there a moment in that first championship year or maybe even the second when you were like oh this is really happening. We might actually win this whole thing. I don't, I think during the season, um, you know, you're always saying we got a really good team. Um, But I think as an athlete, you can see that anything can really happen in sports. Um, So you always want to believe and and, and believe that the team's going to be able to win. But I think it just comes down to in the playoffs, you know, playing the best. Um, I, what I could just remember is my first year when we won in Peoria, um, you know, j- just kind of how that went down. It was w- when the buzzer went off. Yeah. It was just, it was one of those things. You're like, wow, this is, you know, I can't believe it. It's unbelievable. This is happening. And then obviously to do it, to do it the next year at the VBC was, was unbelievable too. You know, I, I, I had some family, I, I had my dad and my uncle, in town. So it was, it was very special to be able to share that with them too. Um, yeah. So it was, it was obviously, I, I just don't think during the season, everyone wants to say we got a really good team, but it's so hard to win in sports, no matter what level you're at. Yeah. So it's just kind of grinding and, and putting your head down and not, not stopping until the job's done. We'll be back with more of the Recon Havoc podcast.
This is a true sad story for ADT, the leader in home security systems. My favorite dog, Oliver, was stolen from our garage recently. If I had a camera system installed in my home from ADT, I would have known exactly what car possibly pulled up in my driveway and stole my little friend. If I had a security system from ADT, my dog would still be here. I called ADT this weekend and they're coming out in a few days to install a camera and a new security system. Unfortunately, it's a little too late for me. Listen, protect everyone you love in your family. Call ADT now. Have them come out and give you a quote to install a full security system in your home. Don't let it be too late for you. Call right now. Paid for by the Home Security Hotline. 800-200-6543. That's 800-200-6543. Hey, this is Stuart Steppen. You're listening to the Wreaking Havoc Podcast. The COVID year, everything kind of gets messed up and, and thwarted at that time. How did you as a person and as a player stay focused, stay determined, keep your head up, even with the limitations and the different things that were imposed on the league? in itself when you guys were playing games. I mean, how were you, how did you keep your motivation? Because you could have easily said, I'm done then, or you could have easily left, but you were among those that stayed. I, I think with that year, um, a lot, there was some guys that were saying like, I, we we felt like we had to play another year because the, the year before it got shut down. Um, we, we, we wanted to get another crack at it, uh, another crack at the championship. So I think with that, it was during the season with all the COVID rules, it was definitely different. Um, you know, the, the rules and, and stuff that the league had, it, yeah, it, it was tough. It was tough at times, but I think at the end of the day, like I think everyone could say that we were very lucky to just be able to play hockey during that time. Um, so it, it was kind of something when the, you know, when, when COVID was there and, and the season came up, it, and it was a shortened season, but we were all just very, very pumped just to get back down and, and start playing hockey. Um, obviously, a lot of guys were quarantining and stuff back home and in their house not doing much. So it was something that just to be able to play, it was, it was a, a treat. I think the fans felt the same way. We were just happy to be able to attend the game and uh, and watch you guys at the time. Yeah, yeah. So then you become captain. You get to you have two seasons where you get to um, serve as captain of the team. And so I'm curious about what did you personally feel when you took on the role as captain? Um, what did you have to do differently, or what kind of leadership did you feel like you had to bring at a higher level to the team since you were put into that position? Well, first off, it was definitely you know in, in huge honor uh, to be named captain of the Huntsville Havoc just to to see the guys that were a captain before and, and to see the type of guys that they were on and off the ice, it was a huge honor for me. It's something that I, I never took lightly. Um, but I, I think, you know, being a captain, it's, it's something where you, you, you can't change too much of what you're doing. You just got to keep being who you are because that's the reason why you got voted captain. Um, so that was something that I always tried to do. And, and obviously getting older in age, I, I always wanted to try to, you know, try to ask the younger guys, try to talk to them and ask how they're doing and, and make sure that I have relationships with them just as, just as much as I do with the older guys. So it was something that, that I always thought I, I, 
I did pretty well. Um, so it, it was definitely something that was special. Um, you know, every level you're at, it's, you know, teams are different and guys are different and, and, and what guys do on and off the ice are different. But the one thing I have to say down here is when I was captain, I was very, very lucky to, to have the guys around me, the leaders around me, um, you know, day in and day out, you know, like on top of my head, I could think of, you know, like Nolan Kaiser, Ty Nukovic, Rob Durar, like guys like that, um, who just kind of, you know, they're natural leaders and, and they, they made my job a lot easier because of who they are. So I, I was very, you know, I was very lucky to have guys like that. And and that's the one thing in sports is, you know, you, you got the, the captains, they're wearing the C's and the A's, but being down here in Huntsville, like there are so many leaders, whether guys had letters on their jersey or not, um, you know, it's, it's stuff that no one sees unless you're inside of the locker room. So it's something that, I will always say that it's very lucky down here to have, you know, to have that support and, and people to come and, and kind of take charge as well. Um, it's something that I was definitely lucky to have. And then at some point you decided during this season, and I'm assuming, or this past season, that it was time for you to retire. So what kind of sold you or kind of set you on that path of retirement? Um, and I always find it weird to talk to somebody who's in their early thirties, um, late twenties about retiring from something, because we think of that as, as somebody who's, you know, much older, but you knew that it was time to make the next step and the change. So what kind of led you to that? I think just kind of playing and I am still young, but getting older and, and seeing the younger guys coming in, um, it was definitely something that was, that had crossed my mind. Like what, what's next for me. And then, you know, I was given uh, an opportunity, obviously, to, to you know, they asked me if I wanted to, you know, coach and, and, and coach down here. And it's something that, you know, I'm, I'm very thankful that I got asked to do. It's something I've always wanted to stay in hockey and get, in, get into coaching. So I thought it was just the right time. It was the right time with where the organization was going with with Glenn stepping down as coach and Stu taking over. Um, obviously, I played with Stu, so I, you know, I have a good relationship with him. Um, so was, I, I just thought it was the right time. I obviously thought about it. I, I talked to my family about it and and my fiance about it. So it was obviously it was it was a tough decision, but I I, I think it was the right decision. Um, and I'm very very excited to to take on this new role here and and make the transition into coaching. And you said someone approached you about coaching for the Havoc. How did that, how did the whole process come for you to, to say, yep, I think I'll sign the line. I'll do this coaching job. Yeah, there was a, so I've always wanted to get into coaching. Um, so I, I know Glenn and, and Stu had known that. Um, so that's why last year I was kind of a player assistant uh, just to kind of get my feet wet and, and kind of see some stuff that they do behind the scenes that no one else sees. And, and to see if I, if I really wanted to do that and, and to see if I really liked it. So I, I think it just came a time where, you know, like the, the movement that was happening within, within the organization and, and obviously myself getting a little older and, and, and playing for six years. Um, I, I just thought it was the right time. So they just kind of asked me and, and yeah, I just made a decision. So I'm, I'm very, very excited for the new role. So what exactly does the assistant coach do? What What is actually going to be your role now? What are your responsibilities? Um, all of those good things. 
So like an assistant coach will just, you know, like a, th- there's a lot that goes, goes into coaching obviously. And it's something that I've seen with Glenn and Stu, you know, the last six years, you know, how hard that they work and how prepared they are, you know, for, for every practice, every game and, and how, you know, how they go about uh, building relationships with players. You know, I, I think it's a big thing as a coach. It's not just on the ice, but it's also, you know, talking to guys and, and making sure that guys are, are doing all right and, and just building those relationships. So I think for me, it's something that it's going to be some video and, and learning the video software from Stu. Um, and, and obviously just practice planning and, and just kind of, you know, building relationships with guys and, and checking in on guys and, and, and kind of just making sure that everything's all the guys are doing good. And, and obviously just learning from Stu. Um, you know, he's, he's been a huge mentor to me. Um, so I'm very excited to just kind of, you know, s- sit there and, and listen to what he has to say and just learn from him as well. And you, as you transition from player to coach, you're obviously, while there are new players that will come in, you're going to be coaching some of your old teammates as well. So I'm curious about how the, um, the level of maybe respect or, or whatever it is, um, between a teammate and its coach. Um, you've kind of moved from that role of teammate to coach. So, so how are those relationships with former teammates? You know, do you guys, I mean, I don't know what the relationship was before, but what now it maybe changes or are you, do you think about things differently or is it kind of, we're all here for business. We know what we've got to get done. It doesn't, there's nothing really has changed. Things definitely change differently. Um, as in, I say that as in like, yeah, like at the end of the day, like, I'm now a coach and, and they're a player. Um, so it, it definitely change changes. Um, you know, obviously playing with those guys, like they're great guys and still consider them friends. But I think when the season starts, I just got to kind of separate myself a little bit. Um, you know, I'm not a player anymore. So I'm a coach now and, and, and just kind of, and those guys understand, you know, like they're older, that they're, they're pros for a reason. So they understand that, that we're there to, you know, to work with it, to, to win. And, and I think the guys that I played with last year, they understand that. So I think it will be a smooth transition transition. What have you been most nervous about stepping into this coaching role? I think just kind of obviously not playing. Um, I've been a player obviously my whole life, but the last six years down here, just kind of the, the player lifestyle, um, you know, like, just being around the guys and being in the locker room and stuff. So that's definitely going to be something that's going to be an adjustment for me to, to kind of just step back and, and, you know, like I'm a coach now. So I, you know, in the locker room and stuff, like those are the, that's where the players are and, and, and all that. But I, I saw it with Stu, you know, like I played with him and then he became, he became an assistant coach. So I, I saw, you know, I was watching him and seeing what he did and I thought he did a, a phenomenal job at, you know, kind of separating himself from being a player to a coach. So it's something that if I need any feedback, I'm sure he'll obviously help, but I, I think I'm definitely more than ready to to take on the uh, a coaching job. Well, and with that in mind, I'm also curious about what or how do you feel that this game of hockey has changed over time as a player? Like you've seen it from a player's perspective grow and now you're about to be a coach. So, like, how, what do you feel like has changed the most um, in minor league hockey um, that's going to kind of move it forward into the future? 
I think now, um, nowadays, like there's just so many good players out there. Um, I think there's, you know, a lot of guys are, are young now that can really play. They can really, I think hockey itself at every level is changed by the way that guys can skate. Um, you know, guys are such good skaters now. So it's, it's definitely kind of gotten away from, you know, the, the fighting and stuff like that. But I think it's just the way that guys can skate and obviously the, the condition and, and, you know, a lot of guys are working out and, and they're in TikTok shape. So I think that's something that's changed since my first year in the league is just the guys skating and, and how strong they are now. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to move on to some fan questions. I have four. One we've kind of already touched on, but I'll let you reiterate that one. Um, so try not to laugh too hard when I ask this one. Somebody wanted to know if you will be taking over Stu's role on the Snap Show. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good uh you might see me on there uh i'm not sure if i could i'm not sure if i can do as uh good as a job as Stu and uh kai's i thought i thought they they did an awesome job on the snipe show so well, that question stemmed because Stu was the assistant coach and he's moved up so they were curious if yeah. now the assistant coach was he stood in the place of the snipe show so they also asked I, yeah. if there would be Papa Buttons, but I wanted to leave that off of there because we all thought that was funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, I don't know. I guess, I, I guess it is my turn now since, I, since I'm the assistant and Stu's now the head coach. So I guess we'll see what happens. We'll have to see. The next one was just uh, had reiterated. They had asked um, if you felt that you had to always work harder as a professional athlete because you were smaller right, in height than all. And I know that we touched on that. And they even said you probably get asked that question a lot. Um, but, you know, I'm interested, too. There's a lot of young kids who will listen to this with their parents. And so um, maybe that question can kind of be something, maybe some advice for those kids who feel that maybe, you know, they don't look the part or they're not the, the hot that the part says it needs to be. But like you said, you work really hard. And, and what you put on the ice is what matters. Yeah, I, I think. To answer that, obviously, I mean, I've been small, small my whole life. Um, I've always been like the smallest, the smallest, you know, person in a classroom or, or on a team. Um, so it, it's something that it, it doesn't bother me at all being small. I just know that sometimes I might have to prove some people wrong, especially on the ice. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a mindset that I always had. I, I always thought that playing like I would, I always had that mindset that I need to work harder than the guy next to me. Um, yeah. You know, but I also always say like being small, you know, it, it has its pros and cons. Um, I always just tried to to take the pros out of it, you know, just kind of, okay, I'm small, but, but what can I do better than a guy that's tall? You know, yeah. okay. I can be quicker. I, you know, I could be faster. Yeah. You know, s- stuff like that. So I always just tried to take the positives out of it. Um, and and kind of not worry about the the stuff that's out of my control, you know. Like I, I'm not going to wake up tomorrow and be six two. It's just yeah. not going to happen. So this is what I this is you know being a smaller guy. It's what you have. Um, so it's just really having a positive mindset. Um, and 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 just when you work and work to stuff that's going to be to your advantage. Um, it's it's something that you know I, I've dealt with my whole life, and it's. It's something that I feel like towards the end of my career, I 
found ways to be effective being the smallest guy on the ice. So I think for that, for especially a young kid that's listening or something, it's at the end of the day, like the height doesn't, the height doesn't necessarily matter. Um, It's it's just working on with what you have to make yourself better uh, and, and not worrying about stuff that's out of your control. Another fan wanted to know what your favorite thing about playing hockey in the South is. And I know that you mentioned why you liked playing in Huntsville itself, but it, when I read this question, I really got to thinking, you know, there are a couple other Southern SVHL teams. Like there's a lot of them. There's, it's not as uncommon in the state of Alabama, it would seem, but you know, we do have another one in the state. So what was your favorite thing about being down here in the South itself and playing hockey? I, I think just obviously like being in Huntsville is obviously like the fans and the support that we get. Um, but I think just being in the South, it's, it's obviously, you know, you, you don't see snow too much and it, it doesn't get too cold. So it's, it's something that I love the South. I love living down here. Um, so I, I would have to say just that it's, it's definitely nice to have the weather that we have while playing hockey in the winter. Um, but as far as Huntsville, like just playing down here and, and like I said, like the, the crowds that we get, um, it's, it's definitely, it's, it's one of, if not the best place to play in minor pro. And it's a lot of hard work that, that being on the other side of things now, you know, coaching and being in the office, seeing what the front office staff does and how hard that they work to, to provide the players with what they have, you know, come, di- come game day, everything's set up and the players show up and, it's a sold out crowd, you know, and to be able to see how much work that they put in, it's, it, it, it is truly incredible. It's funny that you mention the weather as being something you enjoy down here because we have this funny joke in our, in our family about when it gets really cold, it's hockey weather. <laughs> we can, we can, yeah. stuff, we can wear all the stuff that we would normally wear in, in a hockey weather situation. Someone wanted to know how we can grow the game of hockey in Alabama from youth hockey all the way up. Since my first year down here, I've seen, I've definitely seen hockey grow. Um, you know, I, I feel like there's more kids playing and it's becoming a lot more popular. Um, I think, you know, here in Huntsville, just kids coming to games. Um, I, I think that's one thing, you know, kids might be young and, and like I said, the, the front office staff, they do a tremendous job at, making sure the games, you know, they're putting on a great show for the fans as well. Um, yeah. And I know people that come to games, whether they're an adult or a kid, I, I know they're having fun because of the stuff that, that the organization does, you know, in between pairs in between whistles. So I think for that, just growing the game is, you know, if, if you have friends or something, they've never been to a hockey game or have a game, I, I would suggest just, you know, bringing them to a game no matter what age they are. And usually you bring people to one game, they end up coming back to a couple and then they ended yep. up, end up yep. coming back and having season tickets. It's just, it's, there's something about hockey that makes it special. And I feel like a lot of people that have never been to a game don't really understand that until they get to one. Um, and it's great to see it's It's great to see young kids at games and then they sign up and, you know, they sign up for learn to play or, or learn to skate. And then they're playing hockey and, and they're looking up to Havoc players. So it's definitely something special. And I know like every player has been in those shoes before. I was in those shoes when I was young too. I was looking up to 
the certain players, whether it was at my high school or kids older than me, that that I wanted to be. So it's definitely something that I've seen down here in the South. Hockey is definitely growing. And then in other news um, that's not really related to hockey uh, that you've been up to, I think you've got some happy news that you just uh, was that's shared. And so I was going to see if you wanted to share a little bit about that. that. Yeah. Um, I just, I was on vacation back home. Um, we were in Cape Cod and I got engaged um, on the beach in Cape Cod. So it was definitely, it, it was definitely really special. Um and my fiance loves Cape Cod. She loves the beach. So I thought it was just the right time to do it, especially we were there and we don't get back there too often. Um, so yeah, it was definitely, it, it was definitely an unbelievable day. Um, and it was, it was, yeah, it was very special. So is, um, is she from up north or is she a southern girl? She's from, uh, down here, down south. Okay. Um, okay. She so. grew, she grew up, she grew up around Huntsville. Um, yeah, actually her parents have had season tickets since the channel cat days. Um, How so, awesome. yeah, I, I don't, when I first met her, she didn't really go to many games, but I think I, I think I got her hooked on hockey now. So she, <laughs> she was at, she was at every game when I was playing. So I guess we'll see next year. Hey, if, uh, hockey, if she continues it- to come, but yeah. <laughs> No, I'm joking. She, she, she'll be there. She's uh, she, She's been my biggest supporter since I met her. Um, just obviously playing and, and what we have to go through. So she's always been there. So I've really appreciated that. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how many more habit proposals happen that I can get the stories on since you and Dom now are, are my two that I've been able to sit and chat uh-huh. with. So. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah. Congratulations to that. At least you didn't have thank a situation you where you could have lost a ring or any of those things in luggage. So you you did better than he did. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it definitely went. It definitely went. Uh, it definitely went a lot smoother than I thought it was gonna. I just uh, it was it's tough traveling, obviously, with the ring. You don't want to <laughs> you don't want to lose it. So, but I uh, I had it in my pocket for for most of the time. So. Good deal. And you didn't lose it on the in the sand. That was another perk too. No, yeah. I was very nervous about that, but no, I, I, I did a good job, I think. Good deal. Good deal. Well, we're we're all so excited for you and for your fiance. We're real we're real proud of that. Um, okay, finally, what do we need to be watching on TV? What do we need to be listening to? What are the things that the Havoc fan base need to be um indulging in until we get back to hockey season? So as far as TV, I am Actually, don't watch much much TV. Um, I usually watch sports, um, but right now is obviously there's not much going on, so I'm kind of just waiting for football to stop start back up, um, which which I feel like is right around the corner now that it's August. Um, okay, and when you say, me- when you say football, what kind of football are we talking? Well, I feel like the listeners would like me to say college football, <laughs> but um, <laughs> no, I, I enjoy watching college football. But being from up north. College football isn't really as popular. So I grew up watching the NFL and obviously I'm uh, from New England. So I'm a New England Patriots fan. Um, but I, I just enjoy watching sports on TV. So I'll take college football for now. And then, uh, yeah, once when, once when the NFL starts back up, I, I really enjoy watching, watching the games, especially on Sundays. So I, I have to ask this question then your fiance, is she a college football fan? Yes, yeah, she is. She's uh, she, she's an Alabama fan. 
Well, you if you have yet to make your allegiance of Alabama or Auburn, then you need to go ahead and figure that out. And also know that when you go to plan a wedding, do not get married during football season. <laughs> it's like a thing down here. <laughs> yeah, she's already told me that about yeah about the football season. But no, I I uh, my I made my mind up. I, I guess I'm an Alabama fan. Uh, um, I don't know if that's because they've been good since since I've been down here or what, but. It was a smart choice. Let's just trust yeah. me. Yeah. Smart choice. Yeah. I don't um, want to start any problems being an Auburn maybe. fan. So. <laughs> nah, you won't. You won't. Uh, okay. And then what are we be listening to music wise? What do you listen to? Uh, I'm a big country guy. Um, yeah. I've always, I've always loved country. So whatever. Um, I really, I really like Riley Green. Um, okay. Yeah. So I, Luke Combs. Uh, so I, I I really love country music. So I've seen that the country music has been a trend also with a lot of the Havoc players we've talked to. So that's interesting. Um, that's interesting. Well, Tyler, it's been wonderful to sit down and chat with you. I really appreciate you coming on the show, um, talking to us, um, being a part of this with us. It really means a lot to us. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And I know that while. Um, we are going to all miss you. And I know my son, especially, they're going to miss you out there on the ice skating and everything, but we're really happy to have you stay here as a coach. I think the entire Havoc fan base um, would agree with me on that, that we're really excited to see what's going to happen. And we are all counting down the days until hockey season. We absolutely cannot wait for opening night. Um, listeners out there, we really appreciate your support all of that um, that's going on. Um, you know, we've had a lot of fun chatting with different players, coaches, support staff of the Havoc. Let us know who you want us to talk to. Let us know some interesting stories, um, all of that good stuff. Um, we want to bring you the content that you want, but then also the things that really um, can show the true magic, as I have heard, that come from being a part of the Havoc organization. So until next time, listeners, everyone stay sharp in the slot and keep reeking of Huntsville Havoc hockey. If you love the Huntsville Havoc, leave us a voicemail with your name, how long you've been a fan, and even some of your favorite players. Call 256-434-RKKN. That's 256-434-7556. The Reek and Havoc Podcast. Every 40 seconds, a child goes missing somewhere in the U.S. You can help in the effort to find missing kids simply by donating your car or boat to Find the Children, a nonprofit organization dedicated to returning missing children to their families. Find the Children works closely with national and community agencies and organizations and helps distribute flyers and posters that are directly responsible for recovering missing kids. Your car or boat donation helps protect and recover children in every state and community by sponsoring child safety and recovery programs. For fast, free pickup, call anytime, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Running or not, your car, truck, van, RV, or boat will be towed away free of charge. Fast, free pickup, plus it's tax deductible. Everyone wins when you donate your car or boat to find the children. Call right now. 800-466-8813. 800-466-8813. That's 800-466-8813. Forward Blake Sewardson was the lone invite to the Havoc's main training camp in October following the team's free agent showcase last week. Sewardson scored 71 points in 68 games at Western Michigan University and played junior hockey in NA3HL with the Lansing Wolves and the Louisiana Drillers. 
Half and quarter season tickets are now on sale. Friday is the last day to get a full season ticket book. If you wait, you won't be guaranteed one. Go online to HuntsvilleHavoc.com and click on the Tickets tab. The Havoc is hiring game day staff for the 2023-24 season, including ruckus and chaos mascot performers, camera operators, and concession workers and servers. You can apply online by going to HuntsvilleHavoc.com, clicking on the Contact Us tab, and then selecting Game Day Staff. The fourth annual Havoc Classic Golf Tournament is coming up August 28th at Cherokee Ridge. Cost is $500 for a foursome. There will be a shotgun start at 1 p.m. with registration starting at noon. You can sign up your teams online at HuntsvilleHavoc.com under the Golf Tournament tab. College interns are needed for next season to fill sports administration and sports media positions. For more information, go to HuntsvilleHavoc.com to the Contact Us tab and click on Internships. And updated office hours for the summer are Monday through Thursday, 10 a.m. till 4 p.m. through August 4th. Then beginning August 7th, that goes to weekdays from 10 till 6 until September 1st. Then from September 5th through the end of the season, it will be from 9 a.m. till 6 p.m. Download the official Huntsville Havoc app for your iOS or Android device or at HavocRewards.com and start winning and earning points today. The Recon Havoc Podcast. How would you like to save money on nearly all your prescription drugs? We've set up a special toll-free number for the RX Outreach Program. They're a nonprofit company whose mission it is to make prescription drugs more affordable to the masses. They don't take insurance, and in many cases, your prescriptions are even cheaper than your co-pays. They carry thousands of different prescription drugs, so whatever you're taking, there's a good chance they have it. No coupons are required, and this is not a discount card. It is pure savings on your prescription drugs. They specialize in generic meds for any chronic health needs you have. Call with your prescription and find out for free how little you can pay for your prescription drugs. Remember, we don't take insurance, so call right now. 800-586-9885. 800-586-9885. 800-586-9885. That's 800-586-9885. Tickets, official Huntsville Havoc merchandise, and more, go to HuntsvilleHavoc.com. Visit our website at ReconHavoc.com, look for us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and listen, follow, and subscribe to the Recon Havoc podcast on your favorite platform to keep up with the only weekly podcast covering the Huntsville Havoc, the Recon Havoc podcast.